0: Let's look at Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 1. Chapter 4 verse 1. We're almost done with the book of Philippians. Okay, let's look at verse uh, verse 1. Therefore, my brethren... Dearly beloved and I long I longed for for my joy and crown so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved and I beseech you Herodias, and I beseech you brother what's that name Joas thank you that they be of the same mind in the Lord and I entreat thee also true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel with Clement and also and with other my fellow. I'm um, sorry, my uh, other my fellow laborers whose names are not in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord, always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation, that word means the way of life, be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful, don't worry for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Look what it says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? What a wonderful, encouraging passage of Scripture. Oh Lord, we rejoice in our hearts just to see how positive Paul really is here. Being in prison, Lord. He doesn't have the freedom that we have. He was in prison. But Lord, how positive he is besides the circumstances. I pray, Father, help us that we leave this place encouraged tonight. That because we serve a living, risen Savior. Lord, I pray, Father, help us to rejoice in the salvation that we have in you. Not to worry, Lord, about anything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, last week we looked at instructions for heaven. And this week we're going to look at instructions for earth. Alright, that's the title of the message. So, we have been working our way through the book of Philippians. And tonight, we begin the last chapter Tonight's passage contained one of the most encouraging verses in the whole Bible. If you are looking for joy and peace in your life, then you you have some to do uh, uh, right, uh, tonight. I'm sorry. Our last message we called sorry, citizens in heaven and uh, citizens of heaven. And today we are looking for instructions for earth. We looked at four characteristics of those who are citizens of heaven last time, which. Uh, is all well and good, except that even though we are citizens of heaven, we still live here on earth. what a sinful uh, nature Heaven is still in the future or in our future, not tomorrow's, and now yet we uh, 're not there yet, so how do we live as citizens of heaven in a very um, un- anti God so to speak world? you know the, the, the system of this world is not for God. It's against God. Okay? We talk about missionaries. The world's not going to support missions or missionaries. It's God's people that do it. That's why it is set in God's house. If not, you know, like they're not going to send somebody to preach the gospel to another kind of people. This not a, it's not going to happen that way. So how do we live as Christians and as citizens of heaven here on earth? Okay. So most definitely, uh, let's say, God has, has, has work for us uh, uh, to do and, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, to do and good gifts for, uh, um, I'm sorry, God has work for us and has good gifts for us to enjoy here on earth, even though we live in a, in not a godly territory, in a godly land, we you live, you live in a in midst of many unsaved people, you know what, we have a God that is always ready to bless us, to guide us, to, to, and to be always going with us wherever we go, because we know we belong to Him, we are not citizens of this world, we citizens of heaven, so let's look at this from several points tonight, about the subject, instructions for earth, you know, it is good to know, what we should do as we live on this earth, okay, number one, okay, right out of the book of Philippians, stand firm in the Lord. Look what it says there. Verse 1, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long uh, and longed for, Paul says, I long for you. I love you. I long for you. And look what it says, my joy and crowned So, Look what it says, stand fast in the Lord. And look what it says again, my dearly beloved. Two times he says the same words. It means he literally is saying to them, I love you, I love you. Don't forget that. That's what he's saying here. I want you to know that I love you. Where was Paul? In prison. Paul should be complaining about a situation. He's not. You know what? He's there encouraging. And we see this is probably one of the most encouraging passages in the Bible right here about daily living. So the first instruction is this. Paul said, stand firm in the Lord. And like, It doesn't matter what life brings you. Stand firm. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't let people deviate your mind and you, you know, make you think something different. You know what? It's sad. You see some, the other day, you know, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to mention names. He is a wonderful young man, a pastor, and now he's totally Calvinist. Totally. What happened? Somebody changed his mind. Stand firm on what you believe. Don't waver. Don't waver. So that's what happened. So I want you to notice that Paul's language of affection for the Philippians here. Early in this letter, Paul told them that he loves them with the affection of Jesus Christ. And we, we see the evidence of that through the letter. He often pauses to address them as brothers and sisters and dear friends. And, and here in this, in, in, in this verse, he makes his love for the Philippians specially clear. He literally says, my dearly Beloved, it means literally, you know what? I love you, you are dear to me. That's what he says right here. You know, we have to have a dear love for each other in the local church, unity of mind, and love each other. That's what you know. If we're going to move forward as a church, If we're going to move forward for the Lord, be a lighthouse in this area, we have to have unity of mind and also love for each other. When people come in, they need to see that there is a mutual love, a mutual want, a mutual care for one another. That's what people need to see. You know why? Because we have the love of Christ in us and flows through us. Okay, so... And Paul expresses that right here. He addresses them as brothers to whom he loves and longs for his joy and his crown. So the word, the, the word translated crown here is the word for, for the, uh, the uh, victors, uh, uh, of course, you know, in, in the Olympics that they have. And he uses that same expression for them to understand here. So, so Paul is saying here that his reward for all of his labor among the Philippians is the Philippians themselves. They are is pride and joy because of, of the partnership that they have with the gospel. And he says to, me, to them, "He's you know, stand firm and press on with me. Where you are, you press on. Where I am, I press on for the same purpose, God." So, in his instructions for them as dear friends, is to stand firm in the Lord. And I tell you what, you know, same thing for all of us. What we do? Listen, we hear. We together, we fellowship together, we, we worship the Lord, we praise the Lord together, we encourage each other. But guess what? In a few hours, we leave. We go into the world. You know what? You know, it's our message. You go into the workplace tomorrow. You're going to be with people that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to interact with them. You know, what we, say to, we say to one another, stand firm. Because the voices of the world is going to come in many directions. They're going to come, and, and some of them purposely come Right at you. You know what? Stand firm. That's what we need to do. Stand firm. Don't have a thing, you're by yourself. You know why? Because you have brothers and sisters who pray for you. So. At His instructions for them as dear friends, he, stand, he says, stand firm. There are many things in life that will try, try to rock our relationship with each other and the Lord. There will be trials and temptations, perhaps even persecutions. And as a citizen of heaven living here on earth, okay, you need to stand firm in Jesus Christ. You need to stand to make Jesus the very center of your life so that all our decisions flow through Him first. This world is not friendly to those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. Think about this. This world is not friendly to those who are believers. You know what? You you probably can say, Pastor, you're right because I I, I face this and I face it. I have faced this. I have faced it. You know why? Because their language is not our language. Their way of life is not our way of life. You see, this world is not friendly to those who put their faith in, in Jesus Christ. Read your Bible daily. Spend time with the Lord in prayer. Stand firm in the Lord. Point number two Be of the same mind. Look at verse 2 and 3. I beseech you, it says, Herodias, and beseech you, where's the other name? What is it? Syntyche. Thank you. That was different from Brother Tom. <laughs> Syntyche. That they be of, the, look what it says, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. What happens right here? Herodias and Syntyche were not in the same mind. They were in the same church. It says that they be of the same mind. And I entreat thee also true yoke fellows. Help, look what it says, these women, who are these women? Those two that he just just mentioned, would labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with others, my fellow fellow workers, whose names are uh, are in the book of life. The second instruction is this, agree with each other. Paul follows up this general instruction to all believers to stand firm with his specific instruction to two women to agree with each other. Did you notice he mentions them by, by name here? Can you imagine if a pastor did that in a sermon? You know, here you get, two people have a disagreement on the church and the pastor brings their name to the pulpit. These things were written right out loud. You know what? He mentioned those women's names. Obviously, there was a disagreement between them and he brings them up. See, he said, whatever is the problem, he's, see, he's not taking sides here. He's not saying, you're more right than her, and you more right than her. No, no, he's actually, what he brings up, he says to both of them, be of the same mind. Wow. I don't think any pastor even dare to bring anybody's name up. But here Paul brings them up. You see, remember, this letter was read out loud to those, to the whole congregation, if you can imagine the shock when Paul mentioned these two women here, can he, by name, and their names right here in the Bible, uh, we are not told what the disagreement was, but there was clearly a disagreement between them, and it was negative in the church, and Paul says, be of the same mind. Let me put it this way. Even uh, Brother Malasi put that this morning. Let me put it this way. You know what? When there's disagreements in the church, the church doesn't move forward. Imagine that, okay. Imagine you in a canoe, all right. And uh, let's say you and me, We a double canoe, two people, all right. And I'm going forward, right, and you're going backwards. I'm going forward on the left side, and you're going backwards, sitting in the back. I'll go like, "Hey, move forward!" And uh, you keep going this way. You keep going. Way. What's going to happen? You're going nowhere. You know why? Because we're not in the same mind. The same mind means, I go this way, you go this way, I go this way, you go this way. Very practical, right? In a local church, the same thing. Listen, we defend people, we have different ideas, we think different, speak different. But ultimately is this, we have to be of the same mind, otherwise nobody moves forward. And they know he suffers, the cause of Christ suffers. When is this this disagreements within the church? What happens is the cause of Christ suffers. So we have to be careful with that. And of course, there's obviously with something here in the church of Philippi about these two ladies and Paul mentioned to them both be of the same mind. So Paul knows how important unity is in the church, means in the church, so he takes the unusual step of naming the offenders. Notice also that he addresses each woman uh, woman in turn. I plead with with this woman, I plead with this other woman. In other words, Paul is careful not to take sides here. He addresses each one individually and wisely, refuses to, uh, and, and, and wisely refuses to be drawn into an argument. He doesn't want them to argue. He doesn't want to say, you're right and you're wrong. He says, you two, be of the same mind. See, is an effort on both sides. So this is not like, oh, you're right. You know, oh shame on her. No, no. It's be of the same mind. Because you know what? Ephesians 4.32 says we are to uh, Forgive one another. Right? All right. If I offend you, it comes to you, is already a humble attitude to do, thing, and say, hey, will you forgive me? You know what the Lord commands us to do? You forgive. Because tomorrow, you offend me, and you come to me, will you forgive me? And you want the same forgiveness. And Ephesians go even further than that. Ephesians says, forgive one. Uh, uh, actually, let's go, to, let's go to Ephesians 4. To do. I don't want it to uh, kind of misquote because this is is very important. Ephesians 4 in verse 32. Look what it says. And be ye kind one to another. Look what it says. Tender hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. So in other words when we forgive we forget the same way Christ has forgiven us. Ah, it's deep forgiveness here. I think one of, the, one of the hardest thing that we have as humans, not just Christians, as humans, is to forgive people. That's why people hold a grudge. That's why people don't let it go. You know, they, you know, they keep, and you know, two years, three years later, they keep remembering in every detail what happened. Let it go. Especially for us Christians. We, listen, we have memories. This doesn't mean we're going to forget what we can forgive. You think that God forg- forgot our sins? Absolutely not. But he forgive. It's not like God, oh, I don't remember what you did. No, no. God remembers. He's all knowing. But he forgives. We are to forgive the same way. And Paul says these women here be of the same mind. Okay? Okay. This old saying that goes like this. Let me go back here a little bit. This old saying that goes like this. In essential unity is non essentials, liberty in all things charity. It would seem that these two women right here were disagreeing with, with, uh, when, uh, an, uh, about an, assen- an essential matter right here, but they were not doing so in a charitable or in a loving way, and so Paul intervenes here. Apparently, Paul knew that they were going to need some help with this, so he calls on this uh, loyal uh, work fellow right here, some unnamed person, perhaps the pastor of the church or somebody else here, uh, perhaps the one who's reading the letter. Some people th- uh, think perhaps Silas or Luke, uh, he calls of this uh, royal look, look, uh, work fellow right here to come alongside these two women and help them resolve their difference. The word help carries the idea of taking hold of each woman, each woman's hand and bring them together. And here Paul calls this a loyal friend to take the initiative and act as a peacemaker both in the, in, for these two women. And, he told, and I tell you what, it is dangerous Okay, hear me well. It is dangerous when there's some disagreement within the church that people take sides. Because before you know what happened, we have a church in disarray. It happens in every church, folks. Listen, if it's someone outright with wrong doctrine, I can understand we have to be correct. But it's some little things that are not necessary. All right, let's argue about the color of the carpet. I don't like this color. Let's put a red color. I don't like the. You see, it's silly disagreements that doesn't need to be there. We have to have the same unity of minds. You, you think I'm, I'm silly about thinking about a color of a carpet. I've seen this happen. On which people literally, literally arguing with each other because, oh, we know, we're going to put a new carpet. I want red. No, I want yellow. Oh, it's the color of heaven. You know, yellow. The street of gold. And tell me about it. You can't, you can't change that. And they keep, <laughs> they keep going. Great Rhode Island Baptist Temple. the carpet was gold. Golden collar for the longest time. We walk in there like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the seats are the same way. The old seats, same way. Golden collar. We walk in and go, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and when, when Pastor Walk comes along and, and, and puts a, a blue seats and a blue carpet, he goes like, looks like we walking in a nursery. <laughs> and I'm like, why, why? You know, like, we just have to be the same minds. Okay. So, number three. All right, as we, instructions for earth. The third instruction that Paul gives here is, always rejoice in the Lord. Look what it says in verse 4. Look what it says, pay attention to this verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. Look what he says here, And again, I say, rejoice. You know, he doesn't say, by the way, rejoice in the Lord. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. You say, Pastor, I don't have really much to rejoice. All right, but pay attention to the words, okay? He's not saying rejoice on your circumstances because circumstances sometimes doesn't give us any reason to rejoice. We may be in hurting. We may be in broken. We have no sin. I have no reason to rejoice. But you know what? Because I'm broken. I'm hurting. You know, I don't mind the mood for it. But he says right here. Don't miss the verse. Look what he says. Rejoice in whom? The Lord. The Lord. You see? He's not saying rejoice in... He says in the Lord. And again, and again I say rejoice in whom? In the Lord. That's, you know, when we think what He has done in the midst of our despair, what I mean in our everyday life, He says, when you think of Him, rejoice in Him, what He have done for you. So, me, people, a lot of people misunderstand the verse, but the purpose of the verse, the goal of the verse right here, is to rejoice in Him. Okay? So, Paul. Instruction right here is to rejoice in the Lord. Joy has been a major theme of this letter of Paul. And we hear it right here, right, in the right place. So this is one of the most recognized verses from Philippians. And it's really a remarkable verse. It is easy enough to understand, uh, drop that simple, memorize. But we marvel in this thing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Every day, any moment. Doesn't matter. Rejoice in the Lord. No matter what is going on. No matter what is the circumstances. When you think of God, rejoice in Him. Why? I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm a citizen of heaven. I've been forgiven. All the reasons to rejoice. And if Paul anticipates our objection when he repeats the command. And again, I say rejoice. He doesn't suggest. He commands us to rejoice. Wow. So in order to apply this verse correctly, we need to understand a couple of things here. Okay? Number one, the object of our rejoicing. I just said that. The object of our rejoicing is The Lord. This is the, cent- the center to the command on which is what makes the command actually possible to obey. You know what? Now say rejoice on this, rejoice in that. said rejoice in the Lord. Wow. This is not simply a throwaway phrase like uh, hakuna matata. Hakuna matata. That's, you know, rejoice for every reason. No, no. It says rejoice in the Lord. You know, if you watch The Lion King, you have the Hakuna Matata, the piggy, you know, is singing that song. Never heard the song? Oh, you might watch that and listen to that song. It's just Hakuna Matata, and he goes on and on. Actually, it's a cute song, but this rejoicing right here is not about that. It's about rejoicing in the Lord. You rejoice in the Lord, not in your circumstances. You rejoice, uh, your circumstances might be terrible, Or they might might, uh, uh, be great. It doesn't matter. You rejoice has nothing to do with those things. Circumstances changes. Problems of life changes. But God remains the same forever. The Bible says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of that, we say, I rejoice in the Lord always. Guys, folks, let me put it this way. Okay. Today I'm crying. You're laughing. Tomorrow you cry and I'm, la- I'm laughing. That's the way the world is. I mean, the world is full of problems. And listen, we all live to those problems. You know, I, believe me, don't get me wrong. Some people have more problems than others. We understand that. But we, none of us is immune to problems or circumstances or, or diseases. or We never know what happens. We never know. You know, and before we know, you know, I'll tell you what. He's a co of mine, and I mentioned him here. I asked for prayer for him. Uh, he goes by the nickname of Grumpy. Grumpy, you know. If you look at him, I mean, I did not nickname him. Somebody nicknamed him, and he accepts the name. You know, <laughs> he's always grumpy. But anyway, pride, arrogant, and suddenly he's working, walking with me. We I mean, were working together. He's walking with me, and he boom falls down. Literally fell down. Now he's at work walking with a cane. He messed up his back. He messed up his knee, and he's walking. He's really frail, and it's like okay. One moment we are everything, in two seconds we are nothing. We all go through those things of life. And he says, "You know what? We don't rejoice on those things, we rejoice in the Lord. Number two, the rejoice is an action not simply an emotion. That's important because you can't always control you can't, I'm sorry, always control your emotions, but you do get to choose your actions. You follow that? Listen. All of us have emotions, don't we? All of us have feelings and emotions. And sometimes our emotions, we can't control them. But let me tell you, we can call, control our actions. I cannot control you. I can control me. You follow that? You can say, well, I'm going to control... No, you. we can't. I can control as me. So I can control my actions. But sometimes it's hard to control our emotions. And no matter what other emotions you may be feeling at the time, you can choose to rejoice in the Lord in obedience to this command right here. So, number three, understand that joy is different from happiness, okay? Happiness comes and goes and is dependent upon circumstances, all right? That's the way the world is. The, our world that people are not saved, they are happy, Okay? They're happy. Circumstances are good. They might have a good job. They go on vacation. They, They have money in the bank. They do whatever they want to do. You know what? They're happy. Even our society says, you deserve to be happy. That's what they preach out there. Even through TVs and other things. You deserve. You deserve to be happy. Okay. Joy and happiness are two different things. Because you can experience the joy of the Lord in the midst of tears. You can experience the joy of the Lord in the midst of pain and strugglings. You can, but happiness is not there. Listen, don't tell me you're happy when you're crying. Such thing does not exist, okay? When you cry, you're not happy. That's why you cry. You express that you're not happy. You know what? A lot of times when your countenance is down and you're sad, you're not happy. But you can be joyful. You see the difference between one and the other? So, Happiness comes and goes and depends on circumstances. Joy is settled, confident that God is God and that God is good and that God is in control. Look what it says in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. You might want to write this down. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you trust God, you can know joy even the most in the most desperate circumstances of life. You know, sometimes even people say, I heard people say many times, you know, the Lord give me the strength to overcome my unhappiness. Number four. That that is okay to be sad. It might seem like a contradiction at first, but you can be sad and still rejoicing in the Lord. Listen, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He was not happy. He wept over the death of his friend Lazarus. He was not happy. In the book of Acts we read that that the devout men carry St- uh, Stephen to his burial and make great lamentation for him. Acts chapter 8, verse 2. In Second Corinthians, Paul talks about being uh, a sorrowful yet always rejoicing. You see, there are times in life on which we're not happy. We're sad. When my mom died, I was not laughing. When I gave a little testimony about her, my heart was broken. It was, not, it, was not, it was no happiness in my heart to start laughing and talk you know, in a happy way. Was I, I knew what I believed? Absolutely. Do I have the joy in the Lord in me? Absolutely. But you know what? It was not a time to laugh and, and, and express happiness because it was not there. You know, it's okay to be sad. Even Jesus cried. You know, it's our emotions. Sometimes we express our emotions through tears. And sometimes through tears relieves pressure. Sometimes we have to share tear. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes a good cry does us good. It releases pressures of our heart. And listen, I'm not a medical doctor, okay? But I know that to be true because it happened to me. You're you full of, of pressure in your heart and you, you, you're heavy and you just get to a place and you just let it come out. Are you happy? No, you're sad. But you know what? You're still rejoicing in the Lord because in the end, when you wipe your tears and you get up, God's still good. God still loves you. God still cares about you. And you get up with that joy knowing that. You see the difference? See, it's okay to be sad. Okay. Instructions for earth. Number four. Point number four. What's the next instruction he gives for earth right here? For Christians. Let your gladness be evident to all. Look at verse 5, let your moderation, that word means gentleness, be known to all men, the Lord is at hand, so you can even write it in your Bible if you want, that word moderation is gentleness, our fourth instruction is here in verse 5, this verse is not, I'm sorry, well known as the verse surrounding it, but it's just as important this command is given to for to do with uh, your attitude towards others. The word moderation or gentleness means gracious, humble, patient of spirit that you know that puts up with the faults of others. Are you a patient? Are you patient with others? All right. Somebody comes with a problem today. Somebody comes. With another problem tomorrow. And after a while, you say, Don't act, don't bother me anymore. Don't, would you pray for me? No, I don't want to pray for you. Is that gentleness? No. If you're going to have the mind of Christ, we are to pray always for one another. If somebody says to you, I'm not praying for you, I'm not praying for this person, that person is dead wrong. You know, we have to always pray for one another and always forgive one another. That is a command. You know, I don't understand. You know, people, I don't want to see you ever. I don't want to talk to you ever. I don't want to pray for you. You must be out of your mind. You know what? That person is absolutely wrong. Gentleness. Be patient with others. Aren't you glad that people are patient with you? Sometimes we think we are everything in the back of Fritos <laughs> you know but we're not it's something you know we always think other people are worse than us oh we forget to look at us you know what if we listen I praise the Lord that you put up with me I'm not easy to put up with you know what we have to be patient to one towards one another you know why because if people put up with me I can put up with others but it comes with gentleness was Jesus gentle? Jesus never cast anybody out. He gives that example to us that we ought to be gentle with one another. It doesn't mean we agree with everything. You know, we agree and disagree. We have to be gentle with one another. Gentleness. Are you patient with others? Are you humble? Are you forgiven? Notice here, your, your gentleness is to be evident to all people. It says right in the verse to all. And so you should demonstrate this gentle spirit, not only at home or, or, and in the church, towards your, uh, uh, towards your church family, but everywhere you go. Yeah, you have to show this to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to, to, to the waitress in a in in restaurant, to whatever you go. Gentleness is not, you know, put a front, is who we are. We ought to be gentle. listen, I work with a bunch of rough guys and I have to choose my words carefully to talk to them. Because some of them, you know, just have, "Mm, you have to study how you're going to say it. Because you want to come across as, as gentle as you can. It's easy to lose your temper if you don't be careful. It is easy to let go and let the old man take over. But right here, Paul says, should be our moderation or, or our gentleness, should it be a way of life. And then Paul adds the motivation to this command the Lord is at hand, or the Lord is near. One of the, the characteristics of a citizen, uh, citizen of heaven we look at last week was our eyes are being watching for our Savior to come. So we live differently, we live this way until Jesus comes. So let us treat each other well, like the Lord is coming today. All right, okay. What is our instructions for Earth? Let me give you point number five. You ready? Don't worry, but pray. Look at verse six and seven. Be careful. You know what that word means? Don't worry about nothing. But in everything, it says, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the what it says. I'm gonna, we're going we're to get in these verses. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, once again, this is a very familiar and precious verse right here. Let's talk about this first. Prepare, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, we're talking about worry right here. So, anytime you worry about something, you check. You, here's one thing, you, 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 you do. Okay, let me paraphrase this a little bit. Okay, most of the time we worry about stuff that never comes to pass. Why worry? Why worry about stuff you can't control? I did this a couple of times. I'm not a person to worry, but the job that I work, you know, you get home and you said, "Ooh, I left that job open. Ooh, what's going to happen when I get there tomorrow?" Okay. Here's what happens if you worry: you won't sleep. Your pillow would burn on your head because you turned one side, you turned to the other side, you open your eyes, you're looking at the ceiling, you go, Oh, what time is it? I need to get there. All right, do, to all that commotion, to all that commotion, you want to fix anything? No, you can express concern. Oh, man, I left that thing open. Ooh, what's going to happen tomorrow? Oh, ah, well, what the kid going to get there? You know, you're concerned about it because, you know, you're responsible. But when you worry, you're just making yourself sick. And it's not good. So the next day, you get there. Oops. Somebody's waiting for you. You left that thing open. Oh, man, I'm sorry. But loose sleepover, you can't control that. All right. Paul says, don't worry. Pray. You know, there was one time. I was at home, nice and comfortable, watching TV, working on a message. I'm going on. You know, how do you do that? I don't know. I do it. You know, so I'm there doing my thing and boom, right in my forehead. You made a mistake on that job. Oh. What job? In my job. Made a mistake. You know so you know what I do? Lord, please. I'm very concerned about that job. I think I made a mistake. Lord, just do a miracle and twist that thing to where it's supposed to go. So when I get there, it's right where you want it to, to be. What I want to... Because I think I just rolled that thing the wrong way. I, I Lord, I, I'm very concerned about it. You know what? You turn your worry into... Prayer and he put it in the hands of God. He said, Can God twist that thing? Yes, he can. You get in the morning, you walk right to the thing, look at Him. get in your paperwork. Oh, that's good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I did it right, maybe I didn't do right, but you know something? I give it to God. To God be the glory. He said, Oh, you silly. No, I'm not silly. I'm not silly at all. I'll be more silly if I worry about it, make myself sick. You see, look what it says right here Be careful for nothing, verse 16, worry about nothing, this is a command about, without any exceptions, you know, this is, our brother, Robert, Robert loves restaurants, <laughs> if you know Robert, if you know him, he loves restaurants, when I go, every time I go to a restaurant, I go to, Robert, it's got to be there, I got to pay, okay, and he never wants me to pay, you know what he says, worry for nothing, that's what he says, worry for nothing, Robert, worry for nothing, that's how his words, worry for nothing, <laughs> so, it just came to mind this. I was just saying this. So, so worry for not. That's right. It's okay to pray about everything. Is it okay? Yes, it is. Luke says in Philippians four six. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That means you can bring you can bring the really big things to the Lord, and you can bring the little things to the Lord. God wants you to hear from you. There's actually four words for prayer. Talked away in one sentence here, prayer, petition, thanksgiving, and request right here. The first word is just the general word for prayer. The word petition and request both have to do with the asking God for help. And the fourth uh, talk in the middle of the, these three brings another aspect, which was thanksgiving. We have to, listen, we have to ask God, we have to pray, we have to plea with Him, always with a thankful heart. That's how we should pray. I've been praying for two years, now God doesn't give me. You know what that is? That is an expression of anger and dissatisfaction. You follow that? I've been praying for the for a year, God does not answer my prayer. You see the disgust? Praise the Lord that He does not answer your prayer. Maybe it's not, not what He wants for you. And sometimes, have you ever been in a place, say, Lord, thank you for not answering that prayer? We usually think about Thanking God after He has answered our request, but notice that Philippians four six says you should mix our thanksgiving right with the request. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So it means literally what Paul says right here is like when you pray, you pray should even if you make a petition to God, always pray with a thankful heart, because God is there to do the impossible. Let your request, request be known unto be known God. Immolally present, present your request before God in His presence. And also, we come before God uh, with a spirit or thanksgiving. We pray to Him, believing with, with grateful heart of who He is. So don't worry, but pray. The two commands go together. In fact, it is impossible to obey the first command without first obeying the second. The only way you can worry about nothing is to pray for everything. Follow that? Instead of, instead of worry about everything, we pray for everything. The only way can, you can worry about nothing is to pray for everything. Every time you are faced with something to worry about, turn it into prayer. He said, Pastor, that's hard. Yeah, of course it is. We have, to get, we have to get our mind into it. Okay? Look at verse 7. What's the result of doing that? Okay. All right. Let me, let's get these verses and pack it together. Okay? All right. So, you don't worry, you turn worry into prayer. Every time you begin to worry, pray. Anytime. You know what? And when you do that continually, look what happens. Look at verse 7. Here's the result, Is the fruit of that, okay? So you don't worry, you turn your worry to pray every time. And when you do that continually, look what happened to your heart. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus. You know what happens? Here's what happens here. Paul is very clear. All right. You, 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 when you begin to worry, you pray. And when you begin to do this, this regularly, you, you begin to pray, the peace of God will fill your heart up. That's a good place to be. I'm going to, oh, oh, I'm going to pray. And you pray, and the peace of God fills your heart. <whistles> worry is gone. Listen, folks. I'm not a medical doctor, in some, some situations you need medical help. I understand. but a lot of times we do that to ourselves, so you need to be God. So put a grain of salt on these things, okay? So God will fill you with, with, with your heart with supernatural peace that goes beyond your ability to understand. Notice the supernatural peace is not a result of God granting all our, your requests, but you're making all your requests to Him. Once you have prayed about it, you know that uh, God's will will be done in your life and you just leave it to the Lord. I have known this piece from the Lord many times and Paul is right. It is beyond our understanding. I remember when I got to my car accident right there on 195. I lift up my eyes because I was on the phone and I made a mistake. I said, you don't use your phone because it happened to me too. I lift my eyes and the car was right in front of me. And what I saw was under that car. My car was totally smashed. And I went, you know what? The peace of God filled my heart. I was grateful that I was not hurt. You know, my heart went to the next person. I want to make sure he was all right because it was totally my fault. You know how the peace of God filled my heart too? When I was dealing with cancer. I give it to the Lord every day. When I begin to think about and begin to worry what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to my family, what's, I'll be, give it to the Lord, begin to pray, begin to pray, and the Lord would take that out of my mind and give me His peace. People say to me, how in the world do you go to work with treatments and go to church? The peace of God sustaineth me. I don't understand. Even my brother-in-law came to me and said, these people are looking at you like you have five heads. Why in the world, in the world are you doing here? And I said, Louis, I don't want to feel, be at home feel sorry for myself. I can do something, and God is taking care of me. And he did. You know, every time I began, I prayed, God would give me the strength and the peace that I needed. And I tell you, I really needed God's strength in those days. It was not easy, and I, every time I hear somebody has cancer, it touches me in the very different way, because I know what they go through. And I wish nothing of that to anybody. It is a painful journey. I went through it. Okay? So don't worry. Pray. Worry and pray are both actions. You can choose to worry. You can choose to pray. They're both actions. If you choose to worry, then you will be filled with anxiety. You make yourself sick. But if you choose to pray, you will be filled with God's peace. God will fill your heart. Okay, instructions for earth, for God's people. Number six, think good thoughts. Look at verse 8. I love this verse. You know what? I suggest this verse to people. I get this verse to heart. This verse blesses me in such a way it is a blessing. You look at says, finally, Paul said, finally. He goes, as I get to the end of the letter, finally, brethren, whosoever things are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and it says enough good report it be in any virtue it be any praise look what it says think on these things listen folks it's not healthy to think about crookedness it's not healthy to think about stealing it's not healthy to think about gossiping and trashing people that's not healthy thoughts You know, things that are true and honest and pure. These are the things that blesses our heart and makes us live comfortable, rejoicing in the Lord. So, okay, we have two two more instructions to go here. And, and of course, there's this one right here. The Bible says, He's telling us to think on these things, to dwell on. You know what? Here's what some people do in our world. Garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. You say, look, who does that? A lot of people. You know what? If we put garbage in our mind, guess what comes out? The fruits of garbage. People listen to degrading music. What do you think they speak? Degrading words. It can go many different ways. You know, people usually act the way they train. It comes in, they go out. Now, Paul says, finally, brother, if you think on these things, you know what? If you put those thoughts in your mind, well, guess what comes out? What you have in your mind. Good thoughts. Good things. It's very easy to understand. Paul is very practical here. Very encouraging here. Don't think on thoughts. Don't leave your mind in the gutter. Think about noble things like sacrifice and honor. Go outside and reflect in God's majesty and creation. Whatever is right, right means those things which are upright, just just and proper. You know, think on these things. Meditate on the goodness of the Lord. Listen, a walk in the woods is wonderful. A walk in the beach is wonderful. You know, those things remind us of God's goodness and god's creation and what god has done for us you know you look at the waves you look at the seagulls look at the birds you know what it reminds us that god is good you ever see a silly squirrel playing on the tree you say look at that silly squirrel i don't know what that squirrel is doing you know what think of this way look 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 at god's creation god gave them peace they're going around mining their own little things. You know, people see, see deer as food. Yeah, of course. But look at the beauty of the animal. It's God's creation. You see, there's many things we can fill our minds and, 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 and with goodness. God gives us all kinds of things to think about. it. You know what? And when those goodness come in, goodness go out. But you know, if you fill our minds with the garbage of this world, Guess what's going to happen? You're going to contaminate your mind, and what comes out is garbage. And you know what? Our society is full of that, and it's getting worse and worse. Don't pollute your mind with that. Don't contaminate your mind with that. You know, if you, you know, if people are throwing themselves in a mud pit, guess how they are coming, coming out of there? Full of mud. You know, if you throw yourself in there, you get the same way. Listen, our world is there to suppress us, to mold us, do all these things. Listen, I love music. I love music. Really, I do. I love to sing. Not the greatest singer, but you know, I love music. But you know, a lot of music, I won't sing it. Amen. You know why? Because you know what? It's garbage in. You know what comes out? Garbage. Our world was full of wickedness and garbage. I'm going a little longer this, but I'm going to give you another practice for, instruction forward. Practice what you have learned. Verse 9. looks at those things, Paul said, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen. In me, he says, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Paul said, you know what? I'm not telling you to walk the walk with. Look, as I do, do it as well. Listen, I'm not trying to deceive you. I'm doing the same thing, he says. What encouragement? Follow me as I follow him. Follow Christ. Isn't that good? When we see the example of somebody else, and we see the example, he says, I'm following you because I know where you're going. If we know the person, we don't know what direction that person is going. He says, I'm following you. That's wise. But if you see, Paul is saying, follow me because you know me. You know who I am. I'm following him. He says, finally, finally. As he closes, he says, finally. Those things that you see. oh, He's very practical. Those things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. Wow. I conclude with this. So there you have it. We are citizens of heaven, but we still live here on earth. So Paul leaves us with seven vital instructions for earth. Stand firm in the Lord. Be of the same mind. Always rejoice in the Lord. Je- let your gentleness be evident to all people. Don't worry. Pray. Yeah. Think good thoughts. Practice what you have learned. That's great instructions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you Lord so much about this passage of Scripture, Lord. What an encouragement it is, Lord, to live for the Lord each and every day. Lord, help us to be kind, loving to one another. Let it, let, uh, help us to encourage each other in the Lord. And Lord, may we take these instructions to hearts lord as paul leaves these instruction for us here tonight i pray for each person here bless them in a special way lord may we take these things to heart tonight in jesus name i pray amen if you could stand please i'm going to sing a song of invitation tonight you want to see if, if he's going to be baptized yeah, he okay the, he needs to change his clothes Let's sing a song of invitation tonight is all in the altar is late until he gets ready for baptism <laughs> page 516 516 on your hymnal have you longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase and have earnestly fervently Pray, but you can have rest of perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid. Is you all on the altar of sacrifice laid Your heart does the spirit control. And sweet rest as you yield them your body and soul. Would you walk with the Lord in the light of us? You to replace me here. I gotta change.